good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henny Cutter gave him. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and uh, we're coming out of Macho Hodo's uh, studios here, Blue Clay Earth in uh, Minnesota, uh, Twin Cities, and you're listening to uh, Native Roots Radio, and we talk about Native issues, and as you know, Wendy, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Hey, before we get to the news, when with uh, Zoe, with the news that you don't hear anywhere else, uh, I just want to say to our Wisconsin relatives out there, all our Native relatives and people that listen to us in Wisconsin, please get out and vote tomorrow. Vote for Judge Janice Protasewicz. Did I say that right, Wendy? Protasewicz. Thank you. And uh, we really need to keep Wisconsin groovy and uh, mm-hmm. all that gerrymandering that's going on there. And that's then, right. Then also today when uh, – our daughter and I, uh, we were at the Twins Field doing... Uh, Target Field. Yeah, yeah. And so we're excited about the season coming up and come visit us here. Our uh, our store is out there for every 80 games and uh, we're really excited to be out there. Yep. And, Native uh, Roots Trading Post is at Gate 34 at the tw- uh, Twin Stadium, which is Target Field in Minneapolis. Do you remember whose number was 34? I don't. Oh. Oh, Kirby Puckett. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're you're a New Yorker. I should have asked you of who's what Keith Hernandez's uh, number was, but I, I don't remember his number either. Oh well, let's move on to the news that you don't hear anywhere <laughs> else from uh, Zoe Allen. Welcome, Zoe. Miigwech, Robert. Um, so this is Zoe Allen, Bougie relatives. Um, I am uh, Sachangu Lakota from the Rosebud Sioux Nation, as well as a descendant of the White Earth Nation. And today I was just going to share a bit about an event that's happening tomorrow at the Capitol of Minnesota um, at 8 a.m. There's going to be a um, rally uh, for Prove It First Day. Um, So the Prove It First bill is a new piece of legislation that they are trying to introduce um, that is going to try and fight against the proposed um, Talon nickel mine that, um, you know, Ogoma has talked about previously and in previous shows. Um, and so this is a really important event that's going to be occurring tomorrow at the Capitol. They're going to start um, in McGregor at 8 a.m. and ca- uh, caravan all the way to the Capitol. So if you can't get to McGregor, just go to the Capitol, be there around 10 a.m. And um, they'll have some, I'm sure they'll have some speeches and things going on. Um, but just to remind our listeners um, what the uh, Talon mine is, um, it's a proposed mine that's going to go um, into, in. it's going to go in and around um, Aiken County, Minnesota, which is about central Minnesota, um, and it's being proposed by this global mining giant, uh, Rio Tinto Kencott. And so they control um, the mineral leases that Talon Mines is currently exploring and marketing to their investors. Um, and they do not have a very good track record at all of, um, you know, keeping up their end of the deal, making sure that these mines go in and don't completely destroy the surrounding environments. Um so the Rio Tinto Kencott um, company has actually has has a documented track record of environmental degradation and human rights abuses all over the globe. Um, on March 6th, actually, they agreed to pay $15 million um, to settle a seven-year bribery scandal regarding the underdeveloped Simandu iron ore deposit in um, Guinea. Uh, so... This is um, a global company and it's now starting to affect us in Minnesota. 
Um, and of course, like a lot of things we've been talking about in the news lately, um, this is this this mine is a part of a broader effort um, through the Biden administration to you know move us closer as a country to having electric cars. And um, one of the most important metals in creating those electric cars is nickel because it is a part of the battery and it allows the cars, the car batteries to last a lot longer. Um, And, you know, we've also talked about on the show, too, of uh, like hemp batteries and, and other other venues that would be potentially more green and better for the earth. Um, So there, it's not like there aren't other options out there. It's just that. Biden administration um, is starting to pass some really scary, um, you know, environmental projects, as we've been talking about, Robert. Um, Um, And yeah, this is a bipartisan. I mean, this is a everyone issue. You know, it's not just a Democratic or liberal issue. Um, It's going to affect our water. Um, And I wanted to also provide a little more context to why sulfide or copper mining is dangerous. Um, So there's actually been a report that's been submitted by the Northern Eastern Minnesotans for Wilderness Organization, and they found that sulfur or copper mining presents more serious risks such as acid acid mine drainage, and it would introduce risks in and around the boundary waters. Um, and so, you know, as we know, boundary waters are huge bodies of water. I think, um, I know that the Great Lakes, I make up some of the world's, like the largest amount of fresh water, um, at least in our country. And so, um, you know, all of, all of our water is connected to each other. And so something that happens in, in the Mississippi, for instance, eventually trickles its way down all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and this is no yeah. different. So we really do have to, keep an eye on this right now. I know it can feel overwhelming. I mean, I can definitely feel overwhelmed by the amount of environmental issues going on right now. Um, But that's why I think it's also just so important to come together in times like these and rally together to feel like you can evoke some change because our voices are absolutely needed and important, especially when it comes to uh, matters of policy. Um, So if you can please check out this event tomorrow. Um, it's, I hope that it's well attended. Um, and, you know, it's just another hit on indigenous um, lands and peoples. Um, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to stop fighting for what we know is right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, Rob, if you have any reaction to that either. Um, I definitely yeah. have a lot more information on this too. We got a couple minutes left here, Zoe, and one of the things as you were talking, I'm going, there's so much, Wendy, going on. I mean, I've already forgotten about the radioactive leaking down at the... I can't hear you. At Monticello. Uh, Oh, there you go. I think I I missed the first part of what you said, Robert. I heard Monticello, but... I was just like, uh, as you were speaking, I, I... I've, I've forgotten all about two weeks ago in Monticello with the with the uh, uh, nuclear oh uh, radioactive. radioactive leak. Uh, you know that's how daunting what we got going on here in Minnesota, and people all need clean water, and it's attack not only on Native Americans but you know the people up there that uh, have resorts and stuff and things like that. I mean, no one's going to go up there if the place hear. place is dirty. Well, we're not really sure whether just Zoe could hear us or if everyone could hear us. So we're just going to keep talking and yeah. keep our fingers crossed here. All right, exactly. <laughs> well, I want to put some uh, music on too here. So, uh, Ogama, shake your head. Can you hear us? Yeah, yes. I can hear you. Oh, All right. cool. Awesome. Right on. Well, hey, thanks, Zoe, for the news. It's uh, it's intense. It's so important, Wendy. Uh, we have to keep an eye on it. We have we have short memories. We forget what happens two weeks ago. We need to stay up on things and keep active and keep fighting for what we want for our children and our children's childrens. Right, and let's remind our friends out there in Wisconsin land, uh, civic media, get out there and vote. Grab somebody to vote. Vote Judge Janice Portisavich. Uh, 
Let's get it done here. We'll be right back. We got our sacred animal portion coming up with Wendy Pilot and then also Bob Blake, who is hanging out with President Biden today. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay Stay with with us. Oh. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Judge Janet Protasewicz is running to provide you with the justice you deserve. For years, Judge Janet has supported the youth and underrepresented communities. Judge Janet has strong values for public education and believes in setting our communities up for success. Judge Janet believes that Native rights are sovereign rights. Judge Janet understands the importance of issues such as missing and murdered Indigenous women, treaty rights, and hunting and gathering. Unlike her opponent, Judge Janet not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. Judge Janet knows the impact that our courts have on our communities, and she will bring integrity and fairness to the court. Judge Janet Protasewicz will fight for us. Let's fight for them. Make a plan to vote by April 4th. Find your polling place at vote.wisdoms.org. That's vote.wisdoms.org. Vote.wisdoms.org backslash ev. Paid for by the Democratic Party of Wisconsin as an in-kind to Janet for Justice. I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howling! Hey! We're moving you up here in the show, Wendy, mm-hmm. and uh, we got Bob Blake coming on next, and we talk about solar energy and stuff, and he's hanging in Fridley, Minnesota, with uh, our president, President Biden, and he'll have, a, he'll have a report on that, and mm-hmm. I know, um, listening to the national news, they talked about him being here and also talking about energy, and that's right up uh, Robert Blake's alley. So, hey, without any further ado, Wendy... Um, this is our sacred animal section, and it's always good to have on, and it's always good for me to be able to say that uh, because sometimes I can't talk. So, Thank welcome. you so much, welcome. Robert. Hey, everybody. <laughs> My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my dega, Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga. <laughs> which means walks on white clouds. I just want to give a shout out to also to uh, my Dega Curtis and his wife, Kim, my aunt. Uh, her mom just passed on. So we just want to wish them the best. Oh. Yeah. You know, healing prayers for the family. Um, we haven't, we'd never met her, but yeah. Right. yeah. So I'm anyway, sorry, yeah. Th- sorry. Very sorry, Thanks Kim. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. And uh, I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States. So I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And it's always my pleasure to do that. But I, Robert, I have an article here. It's what? from The Hill. It's from The Hill. And it's uh, by Saul Elbin. It's dated March 31st, 2023. And uh, it just proves to, again how the history is taught in this country to our children, and it's all wrong. Because look what they found out. Yes, Native Americans used horses for far earlier Mm -hmm. than historians have believed. Right. Yes, Native American communities rode 
cared for, and lived alongside horses nearly a century earlier than European records suggest a new study has found. The study published in the journal Science shatters the conventional narrative of how and when horses came into the indigenous communities of the American West. The study draws on new fusion of tribal oral history with academic archaeology and suggests that Rather than being passed on by European colonists, knowledge of the horse has its own deep roots among native peoples themselves. It also suggests that horses were distributed across the indigenous communities from Wyoming to Kansas generations at least before European accounts suggested that horses had reached them. So there you go. Just another story in our history that has been taught wrong uh, over and over yeah. and over again. So right. the horse has been here. The Europeans didn't bring them. Right. And uh, <laughs> there you go. Right on. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, springtime. As springtime, springtime. is coming very slowly here oh my God. in Minnesota. We just had a whole <laughs> bunch of snow. <laughs> but it is melting slowly. And it looks like the the north side of our our street or the south side is is pretty uh, melted, but yep. the north side is not. So and we live on the north side. Well, <laughs> yeah. the front of our house is the north side, and our backyard faces the south. So we have no snow in the backyard and a ton still in the front. But, but. yeah, so I was reading this uh, article. And it said that, um, and I didn't even know this, queen bees, the queen bee. Yeah. Yeah, kind of hibernates. You're kind of the queen bee. Kind of, yeah. 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 Uh, Olga is the queen bee of her house. I know yes. that too. Zoe might be a little too young to be a queen bee, but maybe Princess she is. Bee. Princess, Princess bee. Princess bee. Yeah. Okay. I hope well, that wasn't sexist. The queen bee um, burrows under the leaves and s- hibernates there and also will bury uh, underneath the dirt and make like a little... Uh, Little uh, little cabin in there for them, but the thing is, is that when the springtime comes and the companies come over and people mow their lawns and use their leaf blowers, it kills. It could kill all of them, right? So yeah. every year, I don't know how long we've been talking about this, but no mow may. Right, right, no. And we talked to our daughter may. today, and her and her husband are all about it. Probably because they're lazy. So, well, listen, that's a good thing, right? You get to be lazy and you don't have to mow your lawn until you have at least one week of every day being at least 50 degrees. Mm. Oh, it's the temperature, not the month. Yeah, it's the temperature, not the month. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's what they, that's what I've read anyway. So we want to keep all our. At the rate we're going, it's going to be no more August. Is that what we're talking about right now? (laughs) Yes, you're probably right. I'm not even kidding, right? The rate we're going is right. Yeah, I found this other article that I really loved. It's from the Wildlife in Crisis. Um, It's an organization. It was established in 1988. Uh, Wildlife in Crisis is a nonprofit organization dedicated to wildlife preservation and land conservation. Founded in 1988, each year, the Wildlife in Crisis uh, cares for over 5,000 injured and often orphaned wild animals. Um, you could take a look if you're interested in wildlifeincrisis.org. But they have this little thing uh, here about how we should live in harmony with our native wildlife. And the first thing on the list is never trap animals. This will only orphan babies and create a void, which other animals will quickly fill. Chimneys, and I didn't know this. If you hear clattering in your chimney during the summer months, these are chimney swifts. What? Not sweeps. What? Swifts. What, what, what? Chimney swifts. No. They are th- they are a threatened migratory birds who wow. rest in chimneys. They cause chimney, no harm chimney, and will vacate chimney, by mid September. Uh, they depend on chimneys um, to raise their young and will return each spring. Uh, so they say, please don't light a fire during this time. <laughs> and uh, the chimneys, the why they use the chimneys is because the chimney resembles a hollowed out tree. 
and that's why they they do that. So um, their babies will be there, and then Aww. again, yeah. So never make a fire, and just let them stay there until they're they're gone. Well, maybe we should hibernate with Zoe and uh, Ogama then, and not do anything for a few months. Yeah, <laughs> and I, another uh, kind of myth that people. Um, think about are raccoons if they see them during the day they think that they're rabid or there's something wrong with them but that's not true healthy raccoons often come out during the daylight hours to search for food take a break from their babies or if their den has been disrupted seeing nocturnal animals during the day does not mean that they are rabid this is a myth there are no carriers of rat rabies. A rabid animal is a sick animal. Unless a raccoon, skunk, or fox is falling over to one side, showing signs of paralysis or unpro- unprovoked aggression, leave it be. Distemper is more common than rabies and has similar symptoms. It is normal for baby animals to be unsteady on their feet. So it wouldn't be a little, um, you know, baby raccoon that has uh, rabies. Yeah, yeah. Coyotes, bears, and bobcats are here to stay. There is no need to panic at the mere sight of these animals. Always supervise small children and small dogs when outside and keep a safe distance between yourself and wildlife. Simply walk away. Don't run. Clap your hands is enough to scare them away if necessary. Mm. I would be afraid of a bear. A coyote. <laughs> we have coyotes around here in the neighborhood. In fact, in our Highland neighborhood group, or it might have been the Mac Roveland neighborhood group Facebook page, somebody's uh, cam that they have on their front door yeah. showed a coyote last night walking around. We live very close to the Mississippi River, so there's a lot of wildlife around here. And if you see a fawn by itself, do not touch it. Mother deer only return to their fawns a few minutes a day, mostly after dark. Keep dogs inside and outdoor outdoor lights off to encourage mothers to return. I did read once, however, that if you see a baby fawn and its ears are flipped backwards, that could mean that they're dehydrated oh. and they they are in trouble. But if their ears are just uh, pointed straight up like normal, then they should be okay. Danielle said animals are good people. They are, yes. And if you find a uh, nestling bird who has fallen from its nest, you can put it back in the nest, if you could reach the nest, nest, of course. It is a myth that parent birds will reject their young if you touch them. Birds have a very limited sense of smell. If you found a fledgling, so Ah. a fledgling is a fully feathered (laughs) Bird. Say that three times a really fully fast. Fully feathered <laughs> bird. The parents, uh, you could probably look around and the parents would be very close by. Many species of birds learn to fly from the group uh, up. They should Then they should be left alone. If cats are in the area, you should put the fledgling in the nearby shrub, shrub off the ground where the parent birds can find them. And please keep your kitty cats indoors keeps your cat safe and the animals around you safe. Wow. And if you can't, put a bell around your cat's neck. Like uh, one of our listeners said, uh, great uh, great info, Wendy. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Well, hey, we're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. And up next, Bob Blake from Red Lake. I always like to say that. Mm-hmm. Remember, vote tomorrow, my friends out there. Vote, vote, vote. You're Wisconsin. listening. Yes. Yes. Not not Minnesota. Hey, we'll be right back after this short break. Robert Blake with the Solar Bear with the Solar News. He was hanging out with Biden today. We'll be right back. Oh, stay with us. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. 
Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. The loons are marching in to a new season. Join us Saturday, April 15th at 7.30pm as your loons take on Orlando City SC. Get your tickets today at mnufc.com. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612 919 5526. 612 919 5526 or autotech.org. This is Santita Jackson, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I couldn't be more excited about starting our days together, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 a.m. Central, on the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Hi, this is Laura. Tune to Food Freedom Radio this weekend. We will be talking about the Regenerative Agriculture Food System Summit held last week in Chicago. Joining me will be Erica Campbell with Kiss the Ground. Kiss the Ground is more than a movie. And John Kemp, founder of Advancing Eco-Agriculture and a top expert in the field of biological and regenerative farming. Food Freedom Radio, Saturday at 8 a.m., Sunday at 9 a.m., or anytime via podcast. Food Freedom Radio. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for cloudy skies tonight with a low around 33, Tuesday rain with a high near 42, and Tuesday night rain and snow with a low around 39. With craft spirits, mouth-watering entrees, and plenty of free parking, 30 Bales and Hopkins is the perfect place to relax and enjoy the best of Midwestern cuisine. Some of the favorites include the devilish eggs, beet salad, short rib, pot pie, and decadent burgers. Located at 1106 Main Street in Hopkins or at 30bales.com. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Hey, we're here with Bob Blake, who usually does the solar news with the solar bear. And uh, I know he's been hanging around with uh, President Biden today, so I'd like to hear a report on that. And welcome, Bob Blake from Red Lake. I always love to say that. <laughs> oh ho! Oh ho! Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, what's up, Robert? What's going hey. on? Not much, not much. Just uh, feeling your vibe today. I saw those pictures right on. Yeah, I I actually uh, got um uh well, you know, I mean, there was like a lot of people there, and you know, I mean. And so <laughs> I ended up hanging out with like the reporter from uh, the 
Sahan Journal. I forgot his name. Adam, I think his name was. <laughs> and we, we, we just had a lot of fun, like, hanging out. We were joking, talking. And I was, like, he apparently, like, came in, like, right behind Holly Jackson and, like, their crew, you know, from MSNBC. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was, like, you know, giving him a hard time, like, well, I mean, but, you know, you're the, you know, you're the guy here in the Twin Cities. I mean, she should be waiting for you to, you know, let you go first. That, you know, we were just having a lot of fun with that. And, um, but he was just telling me that, uh, yeah, he was like, it was kind of awkward because we're all back there. And of course, you know, there are some of the bigger reporters and, you know, then there's the smaller ones like him. And, you know, so we, we, we had a really good time though. And, and, uh, and it was, a it was a really cool event. You know, uh, President Biden talked about, you know, the job, like, I think he said there was like $2 billion or $20 billion or something like that that was being invested in the state of Minnesota for, like, clean energy jobs. And wow. <clears throat> I, I couldn't hear it because I was, like I said, I was in the back. and um, But um, he, he really did a really good job at just explaining all the, all the cool things that are coming out of the Inflation Reduction Act and the investments that are being made into companies um here uh you know in minnesota and around the country mm-hmm. yeah that's exciting and you know we we're we're uh as ho-chunk in uh wisconsin are really firing up on that and you know uh, my understanding too is that you're going to be helping our nation with some stuff so really excited to to work on that um you know, it it's there for the picking, and we just have to have a good plan. And um, you'll help uh, our tribe with that. And I know you've helped a lot of other tribes out there in on Turtle Island with that. And uh, you know, we're really excited. Yeah, yeah. I I I think I'm supposed to. Well, I don't know yet, but I'm supposed. To, I think there's going to be an announcement shortly for the uh, expansion of the EV network into Wisconsin and Michigan, and. Um, you know, so that's going to be cool. Um, and then that includes your nation and the rest of uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. So, and I, I think I'm supposed to be in Milwaukee on Friday for that announcement. So um, they're going to let me know if, if I need to join Secretary Granholm on stage for that or not. But I'll find out um, probably Wednesday. Um, but it looks like it's a go. So that's kind of cool. And then, Robert, I get to go and be at the vice president's house on April 20th. Wow. And so, yeah, I get to, I, uh, for an Earth Day event. What? So they want, what? yeah, they want the solar bear out in Washington, D.C. at, uh, wow. at her, at, she wants the solar bear out at, uh, out at her house, uh, Gee. for an Earth Day event on the 20th. So. That's awesome. Get that yeah. selfie out there, you know, put it on your Facebook. That's awesome. And get yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going to stay in Georgetown. Going to stay in Georgetown, I guess, uh, or some hotel named Georgetown out there. And then um going to go and check it out. And so, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Solar Bear doesn't get invited to, like, vice president's <laughs> homes and stuff like that. So <laughs> take the wow. opportunity when I get them, Robert. Oh no, and I, you know, I uh, with your career, and uh, we've been following you. I know, uh, you know, you did that symposium a few years ago with the former vice president, uh, and uh, you know, you're out there doing it, and um, not only doing it, but I think it's important, and we talk about this a lot, Robert, but it's really important that you're um, out there and representing uh, uh, not only your nation but natives uh, that uh, all over Turtle Island uh, doing this work and um, talking about uh, renewable energy, but also talking about sovereignty and how that looks with renewable energy. Uh, so it's I really just have to commend you and uh, just think it started as working as uh, the key grip for native roots down in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I have to say, I was going to chuckle whenever I see, you know, like, um, like <laughs> Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> oh, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> Bob gave a resist shirt to Amy Klobuchar, and we kind of resist to Amy Klobuchar. And then so it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Uh, 
You know, yeah, he no, also but... gave my my bright yellow vest that I could <gasps> use to Ilham. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're not yeah, keeping track, are we? We're not they're, keeping they're... track, Bob. Not at all. Yeah. They were all they were all like get me at that time too. It was so funny, <laughs> and you know, and, and but you're right though, Robert. Like tomorrow, you know, like I I get to go speak to the Breck School, Breck School, wow. you know. Um, about you know uh environmental and and you know um oh thank you um appreciate you trini uh um but you know i get to go speak to breck school tomorrow and and they're gonna hold an assembly and you know and they're gonna you know i guess i get to speak to all the kids they get to ask me questions and some of them are thinking about careers and you know, renewable energy and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I, it, it's really nice to be, uh, asked by the, you know, the high schools and the schools town and, um, the, even the universities, Robert, the colleges too, I, I get to go and speak to too. So, um, you know, I try and do as much as that as I can. I try and never try to miss those events or days. Um, and you know, um, because, you know, I just think it's so important to like, you know, um, let, let, let the kids know, like, you know, there's hope and they're the hope, like they're the, they are the, they are the answer, you know, to, to, to this problem that we have is, which is climate change. Well, I don't want to blow your, uh, I know you don't blow your own horn, but I know you're educated and it's so awesome. Uh, there's nothing more dangerous than a educated native American, um, with all the facts like you have. And, uh, I know you've been going to school as long as I've known you and, um, that's important, and that also brings credibility in the white man's world, too, that we need to pull up a chair, and uh, if there's not a chair there, pull up a folding chair and uh, and join in on, on these great things that could happen across Turtle Island here, and especially for our nations and also this country. Yeah, you know, Robert, you know, you bring up a really great point. You know, um, I believe education is the key, and I stress that, you know, all the time. And even in my own family, you know, you know, I lost my brother, Bill. Yeah. And, and um, who was who was your buddy um, yep. growing up? And, um, you know, you know, he, you know, he, he had four kids. And one of the one of the things that he asked me before he died was, you know, Bob, can you please get the kids through college? You know, mm-hmm. and and, um, you know, I'm happy to say here right now on this on this radio station that. I have gotten three of those kids through, uh, I've gotten three of them, uh, with their, with their bachelor degrees. They have graduated with their bachelor degrees and I am on my last one. So I have one more to go. She is currently in school right now. Um, and she's still got a couple more years to go, but, uh, um, I need to get her to get her bachelor's degree so I can have a four for four. And, um, and, and I'm really excited about that. And, and of course I have talks with her and, motivate her and and she's 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 my world she really is my world and um your uncle bob loves you so much olivia you don't even know um you know and and i just want her to graduate and fulfill her her father's wishes um you know his dying wish and um you know so so that's how it, it you know that's how important it is to me and i've always said that i wouldn't i wouldn't ask you kids to do something that i wouldn't do myself you know and, and, and I think that we adults have to lead by example for our children. If we want them to do things, we need to lead by example. So that's why I've been so um, tough on myself with my own education experience and have pushed myself um, because, um, you know, I, I I need to be a good example for, for you know, for, for, for my brother's kids. Yeah, and you are. Bill's looking down at you in, in a good way, Bob. And uh, knowing Bill and what he stood for all the, those years um, – you did good. You did good, Bob. Oh man, Miigwidge, Robert. I really do appreciate that. You know, sometimes I, I kind of forget all that, but you know, um, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm just so happy that those kids are healthy. Um, I really am proud that they graduated from college. <laughs> that was an experience in itself. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, to have Olivia at this point for her to be. Um, you know, um, in her second year of college and, um, she knows how important this is. Um, and wow, I, I can't believe that we'll have like five Blakes with our bachelor degrees in our own little family. And it just, it just, it, it just makes me so proud that, you know, I, I was telling my, my mom, 
uh, you know, their grandmother, you know, I said, we're going to take a picture for you, grandma. We're going to have a picture with all of our, you know, college shirts on or something. (laughs) College day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, uh, you you know, one of the, one of the things uh, uh, that I'm excited about is, you know, the future. And that really excites me to hear that uh, Bill's kids are, are going through that with your support. And um, I just, uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of broken up just thinking about it because I know we've had this discussion not on the radio but in person about how important that was, and it's important. So, Bob, can you stick on for a little more uh, after this segment? Absolutely. Let's talk about some solar news. Right on with the solar bear. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Judge Janet Protasewicz is running to provide you with the justice you deserve. For years, Judge Janet has supported the youth and underrepresented communities. Judge Janet has strong values for public education and believes in setting our communities up for success. Judge Janet believes that Native rights are sovereign rights. Judge Janet understands the importance of issues such as missing and murdered Indigenous women, treaty rights, and hunting and gathering. Unlike her opponent, Judge Janet not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. Judge Janet knows the impact that our courts have on our communities, and she will bring integrity and fairness to the court. Judge Janet Protasewicz will fight for us. Let's fight for them. Make a plan to vote by April 4th. Find your polling place at vote.wisdoms.org. That's vote.wisdoms.org. Vote.wisdoms.org backslash ev. Paid for by the Democratic Party of Wisconsin as an in-kind to Janet for Justice. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, we're here with Robert Blake of the Solar Bear with the Solar News, and we haven't talked to Bob in a while, and he was out hanging out with uh, Biden today and the news crew, it sounds like, and... Uh, Let's talk a little solar solar news, and let's get those hemp batteries going. How do we do that, Bob? Yeah, exactly. And, and Robert, I got some news here. So te- Tesla um, made a record 422,875 car sales in the first quarter of 2023. Um, now, why this is significant is because this is like the most amount of car sales for for electric vehicles and 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 the the pundits are are the naysayers were saying that you know that this could this was impossible for electric vehicles to um you know reach this type of goal you know what i mean right. so um this is incredible and it it, it 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 and and we know that gm and toyota and all the other the big car companies now um, are sneaking up on Tesla here, but I think this is really shows where I think the what the public wants, right? Yeah. And 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 um, 
Incidentally, everyone, I will be getting my Ford Lightning delivered between June and August this year. So I am going to be fully electric, uh, Robert. And so I'm excited about that. That's very cool. And then when, while you were talking, I remember like the F-150, the famous, uh, I believe, Ford truck. There's a electric version of that that's almost like a year in behind in uh, in orders. I mean, that's how much how many people want that, and it is a thing. It's definitely a thing. It's not a passing thing, and we need to move into renewable energy for the you know for the climate and all these things we talk about. Wendy, I don't know, is the third third largest uh, snowfall in Minnesota history, or at least since they've been taking records, and mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. It's April, and we got five feet of snow in the front yard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the, the weather, I mean, it's real. Uh, climate change is real, and, um, you know, we, we have to do um, everything that we can, Robert, and I totally agree. Um, hey, Robert, there, a really cool solar project, and I want, this is the reason why I'm mentioning it, is called the Manitowoc County um, solar project over in Wisconsin. Um, it looks like here uh, 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 it, it, it was about 500,000 solar panels, okay? So we're talking about 800 acres. And the amount of power that this can generate is four hundred or 45,000 homes a year, okay? And... And here's the interesting thing about this is about um, 150 megawatts of power. So if you guys can kind of get that wrapped around your head, that's probably about the size of what we're going to be building in Red Lake. So wow. we're just we're finishing up negotiations right now, um, and 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 um, we're uh, the studies are being almost completed here. Should be getting them back over to MnDOT, the Minnesota Department of Transportation, up, but. That's about the size, the size of this project right here in Wisconsin is about the size we're going to be doing in Red Lake. And um, it's going to be really exciting. Well, anyways, this was completed um, not too long ago in Wisconsin and is um, generating uh, 150 megawatts. And it's called the Two Creek Solar Farm. And um, and so it, it, it's a really exciting project over there. And I, that's why I wanted to bring it up. But um, great job out there. Um, in Panatawak County, Wisconsin. That's easy for you to say. Yeah, <laughs> that is easy. That is that is very easy for me. Um, so uh, New York, and, and and we were talking about batteries. So New York, New York has a plan um, to to uh, to get rid uh, uh, to 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 have the grid um, use batteries, and mm-hmm. and they're building a big storage facility upwards of six gigawatts now the reason why this is important robert is i could see utilities all across the country using this model to uh have their storage kind of follow this lead so um you know because we're going to need storage as part of this transition because obviously you know we don't the sun doesn't shine at night so um i could see a lot of different utilities following the the state of new york's model here that they're doing with all these batteries and using them um you know for their energy needs in the evening and of course we all know that the state of new york has really huge energy needs so i think this is going to be really interesting and also to remember robert that a lot of these east coast and western coast and just on the coast in general they're going to be doing a lot of offshore uh wind Um, wow yeah, they're going to be doing a lot of offshore wind projects. So, you know, that that they're going to be doing like wind coming in to, to subsidize those evening hours, you know, peak hours that they're going to need energy. Wow, that's amazing. And how do, you know, we get a lot, of, we talk about it all the time here in Native Roots Radio. And how do we get the government to support hemp batteries and, and other than lithium and all that stuff? Because that's got to be something that the government can help fund and support uh, these kind of things. What's the process of that, Bob? I, I, you know, I really believe it has to be, uh, it has to be with your policymakers because, you know, if, if you, you have hemp, so then you have, you know, if you, the way that I understand it is that you can grow, you know, like 
turn the strain over to THC, right, to marijuana, right? So I think it's that thing that they're really trying to navigate because, you know, marijuana is still scheduled as a, as like a, what, a schedule, schedule what, B drug or something like that or a C drug. And, and so like, I, I think it's that, that they're trying to navigate. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's the way that I see it because it only makes sense to grow hemp with, with all the ways that we can use it for concrete, for clothing, right. for powders. I mean, there's so many, there's so many ways to do this. And so the only thing I can think of is that this is falling back on the whole idea of that if you just switch a strain within the hemp growing process, <clears throat> you, you know, you're going to get a, you're going to get marijuana. So I'm, I'm trying to want, and, and as more and more of our states become uh, legalizing marijuana, mm-hmm. I, I think that you're going to also see the ramp up of hemp and you're going to see the ramp up of those types of industries such as, you know, hemp batteries, hemp concrete, all these really good products that we can use from hemp. So please, everyone, that's why you got to get out and vote. It's really, yeah. really important that we, we vote the right people in. We all have to lobby our, our politicians. And I believe the male, I might have this reversed, the male uh, uh, tree does not have the THC and the female does have the seeds and the THC. So uh, if you're growing hemp uh, for paper, for batteries, for all these things, it'd be the male plant and not the female plant. But uh, I might have that reversed. But we do need to vote. And Wendy, you know talking to our local politicians really mm-hmm. makes a difference. It definitely does. And just like Bob said, get out there, know your politicians, and talk to them about things that are important to you. Right on. Bob, do you got another quick one before we let you go? Yeah. Um, just the last one here. The U.S. Department of Energy um, is going to expand its SoulSmart program um, to 500 more communities, doubling what they're doing now um, and after the technical assistance and to double its reach by 2027. Robert, this is really important because communities all across the country now will be able to get free technical assistance to deploy renewable energy into their communities by the SoulSmart program offered by the Department of Energy. So to all of you uh, communities, mayors, um, county leaders, um, please reach out to the DOE. They're going to offer you technical assistance to help you get solar in your communities. Wow, Bob. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us today. It's been a while. You're doing great. Can't wait. Uh, thanks for the updates. You've been listening. That was Bob Blake from uh, Solar Bear with the Solar News, Wendy. Mm-hmm. Love it. Right on. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops, the ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, and vote. We'll be we'll be back tomorrow. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And remember to vote that Wisconsin. Vote, vote, vote. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. Oh. Oh.